0: And I was just really conflicted about what I wanted. So here I was working just to pay the bills again, but every day asking God, like, what's next? Like, what what is it that you want me to do? I know that this isn't it. I know that there's more for me. I know that I cannot sustain another 10 years of doing it on this hamster wheel, of doing it this way, of making my entire life about making money and running a business. There's more to that. But then I realized that I was rushing my healing. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Welcome to the Zoom In Podcast. I'm Tamara, a creative director and commercial lifestyle photographer, the founder of and Creative, a full service content creation agency, and your host, for the Zoom In Podcast, a podcast that highlights the stories and experiences of Black women photographers. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, and comments are currency, so please leave a comment on iTunes, or rate the Zoom In Podcast on Spotify. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Hello, and welcome to the final interview episode of season one of the Zoom In Podcast. I can't believe we're towards the end of March. That is crazy to me. Before I get into it, I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened, reshared, supported season one. It totally does not go missed. You are truly appreciated. I'm actually releasing a recap episode that's coming out April 4th, and I'll be sharing my takeaways and also some special announcements with you. Now, a quick announcement with that recap episode. To celebrate this season, I'd love to include your voices in the episode. If you'd like to be included, I want you to record a 30 to 60 second voice note with how the Zoom In Podcast has helped you in building your photography business or any of your favorite highlights and takeaways. You can send your voice note by Friday, March 31st to my email address, which is tamara at dartingcreative.com will also be in the show notes. A quick note on these voice memos, please do not overthink it. You do not need to purchase a microphone and headphones to have the perfect audio. And while I appreciate your effort, you do not need to do the most on my behalf. I simply wanna hear from you. So you can record a voice note using the voice memos app on your iPhone or the equivalent on your Android and email your 30 to 60 second voice memo to my email address at Tamara at dartingcreative.com by Friday, March 31st. This week's guest is Mecca Gamble. I think you'll learn after this episode that Mecca is more than a branding photographer for black women. She is also a visionary, a teacher, creative director, and someone who is growing and relearning, unlearning things in real time. I may be biased, but I've loved every episode of the Zoom In Podcast and my chat with Mecca felt like the perfect end cap to this season. I really appreciated Mecca's transparency, candor, and vulnerability. And that's really what this podcast has been about, which is providing the space so that we can see the expansiveness of black women not just our business side, because we know we can throw down and that we are all alchemists, but also our humanity. We covered a lot of topics in this episode, including dealing with grief and forgiveness, the power of standing in your own truth, and the importance of embracing change. This was a long overdue catch up chat with Mecca, so you'll be able to tell based on how the episode begins. I was trying to find the perfect place for the episode to start. Zoom immediately started recording as soon as we both entered the meeting room, so you're getting everything. If you're not already doing so, sit down, grab your drink of choice, and enjoy this episode. Without further ado, Mecca Gamble.
0: Helen, I love that you're doing this because I think it's so needed um, to tell our stories from our viewpoint. Yes. Um, Our voice is definitely missing in the industry and so I'm happy to be here and thank you for thinking of me like this oh my god this is this is really you know like before you know I logged on I was sitting here thinking about how important this is so I ain't gonna start you know I'll start running my mouth so I'll let you get started
1: (laughs) well thank you so much because I am like a ball of nerves like literally like it's just been a really amazing, humbling is not the right word, but it just feels like- It's grounding.
0: You Yes, feel grounded.
1: it's very grounding. And like, I know we always tell people in business to never say this, but I would totally do this for free. I mean, I already am doing it for free. You know, like I just really enjoy the conversations that have been coming out of it. And it's what I really appreciate it appreciate about them is that yes, it focuses on business, but more importantly, it focuses on the human, like the human element of, of a black woman, Mm -hmm. you know, something Mm -hmm. that I feel like it gets lost Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know? And so that's been really, it's been inspiring. It's, it's helping me find my own uh, joy again in the work that I do and just being like, girl, just do the thing. Just, Just do, do all
0: the things. Just do it. You know, sometimes <laughs> we <do> it. <laughs> we get so emotional about the work that we do when really they're two separate things. And I always mm-hmm. say that your personal life shows up in your business because yeah. it always does, especially the unhealed parts of you. But the more we begin to heal our mo- emotions, which is why I'm so proud that you're doing this for yourself, but for other people, but so that you could put something out into the world that you wish you had when you... Yes. First, we're getting started or looking for some sort of inspiration or direction. This helps us feel like we are not. And I don't know if alone is the right word, but, that but I we think are, it's
1: a it's a common feeling, though. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. alone, you know, oh, like yeah. It's, yeah. at every
0: level, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't care if
0: you're just starting or you've been in the game for a number of years. There's going every level you're going to have to reshape not only the way you think, but your relationships as well. Yeah. And so you're constantly looking for something and somebody to identify with and and feel like you're being seen and heard. You know? And
1: also, if you're gonna speak to Black women, you need to say you're speaking to Black women. Like right. I feel like, right? If someone wanted to speak to me as a Black woman, I would want them to. Rec- like you know acknowledge yeah. say this is say this
0: is you want <laughs> this, is say, this is what it is for them this is for you right. no, this is for you and to be honest there's no easy way there's no easy rhetorical way to say it because no. <laughs> most things that are produced are not for us and I commend mm-hmm. you for that because when I first let left weddings and I was transitioning into shooting personal brands, I was so afraid to say that my work was for Black women. I tried to show it, like Mm -hmm, I still mm -hmm, show mm -hmm. Black women. And then I, you know, I I took a step back and I would say women of color. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I would use different made up phrases to soften what it was because I was so afraid of what people would think about me if I didn't make the art that I produced inclusive. But my art wasn't inclusive. Mm-hmm. It was for black women. And I have, I, I have since and I am still doing a lot of work around healing a lot of the things that I have faced in growing up as a black girl, as one of the only black girls in a mm-hmm. lot of the spaces that, mm-hmm. you know, I was in. And in therapy, thankfully, you know, I look <laughs> back on a lot of this and I'm like, wait a minute, I tolerated that. I believe that. I went through that. I, you know, I held on to that for so long. I can't believe that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even now, just sitting here talking to you, I'm I'm a little bit, I guess calm is the word. I think about my words before I say them. I let things sit with me and I process information a little bit differently now mm-hmm. because I'm still healing from a lot of the trauma because it's trauma. Mm-hmm. That I experienced not only being a Black girl, but being a Black girl with gifts.
1: You know, it actually leads as a really great segue into the first question, which really is, how's your heart nowadays? How's it going? The last two years of my life were, were difficult. They were really
0: difficult. I lost my father unexpectedly. February 2021 and when I returned to work I completely poured myself into my work so that I didn't have to grieve but you know simultaneously I also began losing different people in my life my life really started to transition and I began to grieve my old self old relationships even though I was still working at 110%, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror because I was making money, but I wasn't happy. And I had to finally admit that to myself. By the time November came, I hit a wall and I shut everything down. I went black. (laughs) I deactivated my social media. I got COVID. COVID really made me sit in a room by myself for two weeks. And I had nothing else to do but say, okay, God, I hear you. What have you been trying to tell me? And it took a few months for me to bounce back in a way where I started to feel in alignment with who I was called to be because I had lost sight of that, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I didn't think I was going to return to photography because I was so emotional about who I had been and being on that hamster wheel, that I didn't want that to be a part of my life anymore. That I believed that if I got rid of this thing that I said that I love, but that was causing me all of this turmoil, I didn't want it anymore. So I struggled with returning back to social media. I struggled with returning back to work because at, you know, at some point bills have to get paid. I was blowing (laughs) Mm -hmm. through my savings, taking time off, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I was just really conflicted about what I wanted. So here I was working just to pay the bills again, but every day asking God, like, what's next? Like, what, what is it that you want me to do? I know that this isn't it. I know that there's more for me. I know that I cannot sustain another 10 years of doing it on this hamster wheel, of doing it this way of making my entire life about making money and running a business. There's more to that. But then I realized that I was rushing my healing <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: because <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I wanted to get back to my old self. Yep. And so it's been a year, right? It's been a year now and I'm okay. My heart is, um, I say all that to say, I can see the light again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm okay. I've, I've been doing a lot of personal work been doing a lot of spiritual work because the work is personal. Because mm-hmm. again, your personal life shows up in your business. And it even got to the point where I was, I was applying for jobs
1: I'm sorry. Are we living like two parallel lives? I how, was applying for
0: jobs because
1: I <laughs> Of course none of them
0: worked out. Of course, like you're you're really pushing it. I'm gonna let you do. I'm gonna let you do. You know, go through what you need to go through. But you're you're trying it. But go ahead. And um and these are things that I was overqualified for.
1: <laughs> yep. Like, just um, get me, just get me out of this, this hole.
0: I was in a get hole. Get me out of this hole. I have, You yes. know, and yes. I was just <laughs> looking for something to relieve me of the stress of having to market myself online and to not have to think in a way that is strategic. I wanted, I wanted the easy way out. <laughs> I decided that I was done healing. <laughs> i decided that i was finished and i wanted to take the just just to bi-weekly check me w9 me please because or the 1090 like send me a check every two weeks you, you know either 1099 deposit
1: me just direct deposit me with the taxes already taken out and medicare and social security everything and everything, everything all the things
0: I decide I made a decision that I was done and God was like, that's cute, but you still have work to do. Mm-hmm. And I realize when we do not operate in the gifts and in the things that God tells us to do, there's still that misery that's going to sit mm-hmm. on your heart until you take the next step. Mm-hmm. We always know what we're supposed to do, especially if you have some sort of some sort of spiritual practice where you're praying you're meditating you're reading if you take the time to listen God is always speaking to you that Mm -hmm. next step may not be what you desire for it to be but you know
1: (laughs) you may not know how but you know what it is oh mecca 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 (sighs) so but I'm I'm okay I'm okay I am, I am
0: doing better than I was Mm -hmm. and I finally feel inspired again. I finally feel the sun coming out and the light on my face again. And what's the quote? The, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. Mm -hmm. The easy road that I was trying to go down is not for me and that's Mm okay. Okay. So it's just, it's just time to pick up my things, what's left of my things and continue forward.
1: (laughs) So we can end the podcast there. (laughs) No, like seriously, (laughs) children just keep going. Carry your load. Keep Keep going, going. keep going there. I mean, there's so many things that you said in that very powerful series of statements. First, thank you for sharing. Um, I think. It comes a point in every creative's journey and it happens more than once where you're saying to yourself, this, this is it. Like, this is it. I'm done. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. This is incredibly hard. I don't want to have to do hard things anymore. I want a soft place to land. W9 me, please. Health insurance me, please. I don't want to have to do all this shit, excuse my language, by myself. And the reality is one, you were never doing it by yourself. There's a right. post-it that I have that I have to look at like all the time whenever just I feel like things are just not going right and it's if God provided the vision, he will provide the resources. And it's it's easier said than done to believe it when you are in in the muck, but the reality is, you probably more oftentimes than not have the evidence that every single time it feels like you cannot go on, you can. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. there is evidence. Like I I think we tend to forget that life is not always going to be a series of peaks, right. Right. We right, always think right. life, soft life. I mm-hmm. love the soft life. I think all black women deserve the soft mm-hmm. life. But what makes it sweeter is that you worked hard for that soft life.
0: Right. There's
1: not always going to be like life through rose colored glasses. Right.
0: Absolutely. And and when
1: something hits, we're like, oh, someone lied to me.
0: Right. No one w- prepared I, me for yes. this part. No one prepared me for this. If I'm being completely honest for you, I said to myself one day, I said, I've been here before. I've been here before. Different versions of this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the end God always came and got me off my boat mm-hmm. and brought me back to shore <laughs> every single time. In mm-hmm. January it makes in January what's next year 20 Yeah, January 2023 mm-hmm. girl, I don't even keep up anymore. It's January 2023 makes 12 years for me. I had to really sit and think about, like, wait a minute, Mecca. You've done everything that you said you were going to do with this. You've done it. What are you? What are you still hustling towards? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What are you hustling towards? And I, I needed this time, and I didn't take a complete like. I, I took a step back. Right. I wasn't operating at a ten. I was more so operating at a four point five. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Because I still, a lot of the work that I typically put into my business, I put into myself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like myself as much as I liked making money, as mm-hmm. much as I liked the gratification that came with operating a business, mm-hmm. as much as I liked people telling me good job. I wanted that same affirmation for who I was as a person and how I felt mm-hmm. on the inside. But There has to be some thought behind once you, you know, we, we chase all of these goals. It's goal after next goal, after goal, after goal, but then what, what's the end game. And, and while you're chasing this, these goals, how are you preparing yourself Mm -hmm. for the end game? And I had to like really get serious. Okay, girl, it's time to actually start saving for retirement. (laughs) (laughs) Them knees ain't going to work forever, bro. (laughs) 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 <laughs> no <laughs> you you're gonna have to like do something else one day you know mm-hmm. um and so I, I I started paying attention to if you were to leave this earth today what's the plan so it's about prioritizing different things in different seasons
1: mm-hmm. yeah and
0: this year it has been more important to me to prioritize the, my life and my future instead of waking up every single day to make money. And I'm thankful and grateful that I have been afforded this opportunity Mm -hmm. to take a step back and really see the whole picture.
1: Yeah. A more holistic approach to living a life and running a business. I wrote a note somewhere, somewhere in my questions for you. I feel like a lot of us are in a space where we're understanding that there's a distinction between the value we have as human beings, which is not quantifiable, and the value placed as running a business. Like Those are two different things, and I think for a long time myself included, that a lot of my identity was wrapped around my business. How much money can I make? How many clients can I serve? How many trips can I go on? How many good jobs can I get? How many testimonials? And then, as you said, you look up one day and you're like, yo, I'm ready to burn this entire thing down I was called to do this, but I'm ready to burn, burn it down. And so I think a lot of us right now are doing the hard work to understand that our identities are not our businesses. Like I am more than just Darden Creative LLC. Right. I am Tamara Darden. Mm-hmm. And I just so happened to run a business. Right, right. Right. I'm peeling all of those layers, but it is, it is incredibly hard to do. hmm. I had a really bad experience when I first moved to DC, and I didn't realize that I was so wrapped up in that grief until you know pandemic comes around, and you're like, oh wow, I, I I'm not even that girl anymore. The girl prior to this, like, she, where is she? And like trying to get back to her again, and understanding that the business is going to have to take a back seat. What's really interesting about that though, is my business is the most successful that it's been, even though I have been focusing more on myself this year. So even though I'm not doing the strategic marketing, right? As you said, even though I'm not consistently showing up online and it's the healthiest that it's been. And girl, that retirement, save it for retirement. (laughs) Like it's not no joke.
0: Mm -mm, no. (laughs)
1: And I have I finally have been able to start that. And so it's just, it's interesting when you finally say to yourself, you know, I'm prioritizing myself. Like, yes, I, I care about making money, right? Like security is important to me and I have to pay my bills, but that is not the priority here. The priority here is, do I feel good?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like for a long time, I wasn't asking myself that. It was just like, go, 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 go. I don't want to deal with these feelings. I don't want to deal with all this hurt. I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to do the work. And yes, that, that benefited me, Mm -hmm. but to an extent to the point where it just was a veneer and then it all, it all cracked and then having to rebuild yourself up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hard. It is.
0: And it's scary to face yourself in the mirror.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is.
0: You and all of your literal baggage is staring back at you at, at the mirror and you can decide whether or not you're going to take it and go keep making money with it or drop it off right here and say, let's unpack this first and then we can go get us some money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and one thing my <laughs> mom used to always say to me, she would always say, I could go get a life.
1: Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and it makes sense now. Yes. I,
0: for the first time in maybe a decade, I feel like I actually have a life now. Like Mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning and I begin my life. There was a long Mm -hmm. time where I would wake up in the morning, groggy from the night before, because I was up until two and three o'clock in the morning working. And then I would sit down on my computer at seven, eight o'clock because I just had to get it done. Because if I don't, then X would happen. And then I would be there at my computer until it was dark again. And maybe I remembered to eat. Didn't want that for my life anymore. (laughs) So now I, I wake up in the morning and I give the first part of my day to myself. Like I, I, you know, it's non-negotiable. Like there are no, photo. I tell myself all the time, there are no photo emergencies. There are no photo, like really, when you think about it, there are no, if, if, if both parties planned correctly, there are no photo emergencies. So I'm going to, wake up in the morning and I'm going to do my yoga and I'm going to go to Pilates and I'm going to sit and pray and I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to read for a little bit and then I'm going to have lunch and talk to my husband and then I'm going to sit down at my computer and do what I need to be done and guess what I can't get everything done in a day so Mm -hmm. one of the things I'm most proud of myself this year is I have boundaries now I used to be so afraid of my clients and I and I will admit that I I used to be so afraid of getting a bad review Mm -hmm. or somebody being unhappy with me or somebody not working with me again, that I was such a people pleaser in my business that I was wearing myself so thin. And if I'm wearing myself thin like that, if I'm so empty, I'm not good for anybody. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed the shift, the biggest shift with me this year and being a business owner is that the more my cup is filled, the more creative I I feel, mm-hmm. the kinder I am, mm-hmm. the more I am able to operate and create from a space of being excited and prepared. Mm-hmm. The more I like honor my own boundaries, the more I can honor other people. You know, there's just, there's so much, there's so much wealth in putting yourself first and making sure that you are full as a human being before you are operating as an art, as an artist and a business owner.
1: Yeah. So good. I'm trying to figure out which question to go, where to go. I think it's very evident that there are some people who have it and some people who don't. There are some people who are truly called to entrepreneurship and as much as they tried to run away from it, it always brings them back. And I definitely think based off of your experience, your lo- longevity in the game, that you're definitely a person who, who got it, point blank period. And I think that comes from being able to foster that creativity from a very young age
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and also having, having a safe space to create and to foster that creativity You know, I definitely had that as a child, thinking back, my grandmother always respected my decisions when it comes to trying certain things. And when I didn't like it, she never forced me to continue doing it. She, she honored my no. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's very special and something now in retrospect that I just don't take for granted because it's it's made me the person that I am. I say all that to say if you think about your own childhood, like what was what was the moment or moments that you remember that really helped to like shape your creativity and like shape Mecca.
0: Definitely my parents recognizing my artistry very early in life. Both of my parents were artists. Yes, they had professional jobs, but To the the core, they were both artists. My father always, you know, had me drawing and coloring. My mom always had me writing, bought me like my first journals. Everyone around me recognized that I was gifted in the arts and they did what they needed to do to support that. Now, I still came from a family who was like, oh, you better get a good job and go to college, (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but still write still paint take these pictures do whatever your heart desires but make sure you get a good job
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's interesting even looking back like i remember my mom was always like the family photographer she always had her camera you know at family events and things and she took some painting and photography classes when she was in school but i didn't know my dad was a photographer i didn't know i didn't know until the literally the last day that I saw him alive before he passed away. Like he happened to share some some of his work with me. I didn't know, I knew he always, you know, he had always had a camera too, but I didn't know that it was something that he once really, really enjoyed. And it all is like just starting to come full circle for me of why they were both so supportive when <laughs> I caught my mom one day, I was I was my last, it was my last day of school, my senior year when I was in college. And mind you, I'm a six-year college student graduate you know but finally was the last day of undergrad and I called her it was like 7 30 in the morning and I was finishing something up in the computer lab and I called her and I was like mom I'm gonna be a photographer and she was like okay (laughs) like all right (laughs) but that was the first time I had ever been like super 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 sure about anything you know prior to that I wanted to do television I wanted to be the next Oprah I wanted to be on the news I wanted to be a writer. I still believe that one day I am a writer, but like, I still believe one day I will begin to publish my work, but photography, like you just, you just get that feeling and you're like, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And even in my healing now, I try to go back to those moments of being so excited about this thing and wanting to learn every single thing about this thing and even now, just having this conversation with you, everybody within like my inner circle supported me on it. And so I think that's what made it even easier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I always knew I was going to be an artist. I just didn't know the, the medium
1: or the right. medium, yeah. Right, yeah. right.
0: And, and like even talking about it, you want to do something, you just got to take the first step and the path, you know, lays itself out in front of you. With every single step that you take, yeah,
1: it happens brick by brick. So interesting. Um, <clears throat> trying to determine the medium because you have a journalism degree. You worked at an advertising firm for a brief moment. At some point, you went to nail school. I went to nail school. <laughs> so I was searching. I was I was searching for
0: just something. I just wanted something to love. And like, mm-hmm. that was, that was my prayer because at the time photography found me, I was just in such a dark place, which is why I was like, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I was in a transition, like here I was finally graduating from college, finally, but I don't have a job. I don't have any direction. My friend groups were changing because of the dynamics, you know, of our lives now. hmm and here I was back at home in my childhood bedroom that I lived in my entire life and what now? And yeah, I started doing odd jobs because all of a sudden I had these student loans to pay back. But at that same time, I literally had a Nikon 5100 a kit lens, a computer. And I got online one day and I applied for an EIN for a photography business because why not? (laughs) You know, (laughs) let's do it. And I was charging $50 a session and Instagram came out around the same time. Mm -hmm. And,
1: and this was 2012. Yeah. 2012.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is 2012.
1: Yep. As someone who is also a creative, you know, I know that it feels like every creative idea that comes across the brain, we have to Mm -hmm. execute. Like we feel Mm -hmm. compelled to do them like we like for me, like I'll get really interested in something and I'll start doing it and then I'll just immediately something happens and I just lose interest. I now Mm -hmm. have figured out what that is. I'm someone who loves to execute but I don't like going into to the minutiae or mm-hmm. into the weeds of the it. Process, yeah. Yes. Now now I know how to to remedy that. I say all that to ask like what was it about photography? Because to stick to something for as long as you have. Mm-hmm. You know, that that requires, in my opinion, serious discipline to mm-hmm. say, I have all these other ideas, but, but this is it. Like, this is the thing that I'm going to dedicate my time, my money, my resources, my attention,
0: mm-hmm.
1: come hell or high water, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, like, what was it about photography?
0: There's so many layers to photography and there's so many different ways that you can do it. And it gave me the opportunity to do things my way. With writing, yeah, you can write how you wanna write, but there's a guidebook and mm-hmm. there's all these rules. And I think even though I have a, a print journalism degree, one of the things that turned me off from professionally writing was I used to have this teacher <laughs> when I hate it, when I turned in assignments, because <laughs> he would just mark my page up with like all the grammar. and And so that really deterred me because I couldn't take that criticism yet. I probably could. I probably could sit with it now, but at 18, 19, 20, no, I, I, that was something that was, you mean to tell me I spent all this time and, and put and gave you all this information and was this vulnerable with you and it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And even though our work gets critiqued, it's more about if you like it or not. And then you find people who like what you do <laughs> and then you keep building and layering on top of that. And then the people who like what you do find you. hmm And so I think the freedom with photography really kept me going because as I grew, so did my work. And it's like, okay, I want to add this type of color and I want to do this type of contrast and I want to shoot these type of people. You know what? I don't want to do weddings anymore. I want to do events or I want to shoot black women. or I want to shoot puppies. or I want to shoot family. You could literally wake up today and decide you want to be, you want to shoot interiors, Mm-hmm. and you could take those same basic techniques that you learned from the beginning and apply it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I will ever be without a job with this skill. I can put my camera down for five years and be like, you know what? <laughs> I wanna shoot wooden chairs <laughs> and there's gonna be a market for mm-hmm. shooting somebody needs mm-hmm. their chair shot. So I think that's what, there's just, there's so many layers. There's so many options with photography and it just allows you to fully just be yourself and to flip your question I think that's one of the things I dislike about social media is because we're exposed to so many other people's work Mm -hmm. and just as humans we want our work to look like or be like or compete with someone else's when reality in reality it's supposed to be uniquely yours. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be able to look at a piece or an image and be like, oh, Tamara shot that because that is just so uniquely her style. Like we try to fit into these other boxes because we see other people getting attention or getting work or being what we deem as successful. But they're just really just being themselves. Mm-hmm. So photography has allowed me to just fully be me creatively it's like oh there's like nothing like getting that right muse or that right client with the right location and the right light and the makeup everything is just hitting right and then you just come from some other source inside of you and just create the most beautiful work and you just look back on your work and you're like oh I love this this Mm -hmm. has to go on the wall Mm-hmm. And I think just even in in our previous conversations, I think I forgot what that feeling was like, yeah. and that's what made me like even be like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but I'm 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 getting back to that. I'm I'm remembering what that fire feels like to produce and create something that I love, not necessarily yeah. create it for somebody else to love, but to mm-hmm. create work that I love again.
1: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. So, so much. So, so much. That fire that you speak of, what have you been doing to find it again? And also, how do you find or protect the joy as you're continuing on this journey as a photographer?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, one, putting myself has been a huge source of inspiration again, just like even walking outside and paying attention to different things, being able to travel for fun and not necessarily for money, Mm -hmm. meeting different people, reading again, just having the space and grace to just be has been tremendously generous with reigniting my love for photography you know I'll take myself on artist dates I don't know if you've ever read the artist way yeah but Mm -hmm. the idea of artist dates (laughs) that really worked for me journaling really worked for me Mm -hmm. reading books that aren't business books really (laughs) helps because it 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 expands your imagination Mm -hmm. and protecting that I'm very, very sensitive to the people I have around me and in my life and the things that I consume. My space is sacred. I do what I need to do, honor my boundaries, right? I make sure the people in my life are speaking into me, holding me accountable, Mm -hmm. celebrating me, nurturing me, loving me, supporting me. And I don't give too many, too much energy to what people think I should be doing or say I should be doing. I really have learned to, in in my spiritual practice, I have really learned to just sit and listen for what God says for me to do. You know, now I'll consider what other people tell me to do, especially if it's, you know, coming from the right source, the right person. Yeah. Take that into consideration heavily because- there in my life for a reason and that's really important Mm -hmm. that you have that type of guidance but like we talked about when we first began speaking you innately know what you need to be doing next it's about whether or not you're going to be obedient to taking that next Mm -hmm. step or Mm -hmm. building that arc like God told you to do. I made a TikTok video a couple months ago. I was randomly, I, randomly, randomly, randomly. You know, sometimes God just speaks to your heart. And I just randomly picked up a Bible one day. And I was like, what did Noah do before he built an ark? He was a shepherd. <laughs> Him and his family, they were shepherds. Mm-hmm. So how does God call this person who raises animals... And herds animals for a living to go build this massive ship to be in a body of water for, we don't even know how long they were really out there. Yeah. <laughs> no one could have been like, God, like, listen, I hear you, but <laughs> that's not what I do. I'm not, mm-hmm. but he listened, you know? And sometimes it's just about listening and being obedient to what God told us to do.
1: Yeah. Can we kind of switch gears a little bit and just talk about your transition from wedding photography to branding photography? Because Mm -hmm. I think, or not, I think, you know, wedding is very lucrative. The wedding Mm -hmm. industry is lucrative. Mm -hmm. And to transition from wedding to branding to some people may seem like a huge risk to take, uh, especially to their, to their profit. What were the things that were happening to you where you felt like you know what weddings is no longer the genre that I want to focus on? Mm-hmm. I really want to cater to you know these amazing black women, and then also I guess a follow-up question is what were the steps that you took to make sure branding photography was going to be profitable
0: mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. Weddings. For me, when I first started shooting weddings, it was like riding a roller coaster. And if you've ever shot a wedding, you know, the first time you do one, you're either going to be like, I want to do this again and again and again, or I never want to do this again. And you, you find that out the first time. That first time I felt such a rush that I wanted more. And I just didn't stop for what, a number of years It got to the point where I didn't have a life outside of my business. I was, I had one year went so hard with weddings that like I put on 40 pounds. (laughs) I wasn't eating. That was like around the time where I was waking up in the morning. I would go right to my desk. I would be at my desk all day and then I might go to sleep, but I had so much anxiety that I wasn't sleeping. I was just, I was, I was in that bad space again. I was hitting, I was coming up on burnout. I wanted my Saturdays back. I didn't have any days off because during the week I was shooting engagements and editing and doing other portrait sessions. And then on the weekends, I was doing a wedding and then I had no days of recovery. I was working every single day. So I wanted some normalcy in my life. Yeah. And one day I realized I was out on the boat in the middle of this ocean, metaphorically, and was like, God, like what's next? And I remembered that my favorite part of the wedding day was shooting the bride in her dress. I was like, wait a minute. I really love shooting black women.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And to be honest with you, I have been shooting brand photography since 2013 or 14. I, that, that's the first time I did my first brand shoot, but it wasn't termed as personal branding or brand photography. I actually called it business lifestyle. Like I had a term on my investment guide. I called it business lifestyle photography. People were posting them on Instagram, but it wasn't like a thing. But I had done enough where I was able to create a portfolio of it. I started, you know, kind of taking a look around in the industry and and around the same time, I started working with a business coach. And I'm like, wait a minute, nobody's like, carving this niche out. And so I just, I went with it. And to be completely honest with you, Tamara, I made most of it up and it worked. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I made it up. Everything from what I offered to the pricing to I beta tested a lot. I did a lot of research. I requested a lot of feedback from my client and it worked and I kept building on it. And so I created a process that was uniquely my own it 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 worked because I I tried something new and I bet on myself Mm and remember the first time I sold my first four-figure investment I was like wait a minute you're going to pay me how much for Mm -hmm. some pictures like oh let's do this like let's go but That's also around the time where I recognized how important it was to have sales goals in your business. Mm -hmm. Because prior to that, I had just pretty much been living paycheck to paycheck, just paying my bills and doing what I needed to do to make sure I was good next month. That's when I really started reading. I read Profit First. I was really becoming more interested in how to run my business strategically instead Mm -hmm. of from a place of, because for years I had done, I did, I was the $300 photographer, then I did 500, then I did 650, then I did 700. And the first time I charged $1,000 for a shoot for going outside one time, like I couldn't believe it. But I was like, wait a minute, this is still not adding up. And I just started diving more into running a profitable business. Yeah. And there's no looking back. Like once you begin to actually understand and know your numbers, there's no looking back from that. Yeah.
1: You're not the first person who has brought up profit first. I actually have read profit first as well. And I mean, I recommend it for anyone who is listening to this, Mm -hmm. but especially as a creative entrepreneur, because there usually is not a lot of digestible. Yes. Thank you digestible financial advice when it comes to running a profitable sustainable business. So I highly recommend profit first. No one is no one is being um sponsored. No, definitely (laughs) not definitely not for
0: this. But that is a go-to, you know, if you're ready to start taking your business seriously mm-hmm. and understanding how a business actually works and is sustainable. Profit First is definitely a go-to book or yeah. is
1: the audio book. Yeah. I did not expect this conversation to go this way, but I'm a hundred percent happy that it has. Thank you so far. <laughs> There was something that you shared in an interview that I watched where you talked about forgiveness Mm -hmm. and having to forgive yourself, not saying this verbatim, but having to forgive yourself for taking too long to execute ideas. So like Mm -hmm. essentially like wasting time, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to, but I I bring it up to, to ask, is it the same forgiveness for saying something isn't for me and moving on? So you started the idea, executed it, sent it out into the world, and then you realize after doing it for a couple of months, you're like, this is not in alignment with who I am, where I see myself going. Sometimes I feel like forgiving yourself for quitting sometimes is harder than missed time, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, so was mm-hmm. there ever a moment where you had to forgive yourself for, for letting go of something or for quitting something?
0: It's interesting that you ask that because I'm going through that now. Will I be doing photography in the same way that I have been doing it for the last decade? No. And in my healing this year, there was grief because I had to break up with the idea and some of the quote unquote goals that I had set for myself. Mm -hmm. I recognize that I am not the same person that I was when I set those goals. So there is no way that I can move forward with those same goals and still expect to operate in alignment. I am Mm -hmm. fully aware of who I am now. Mm -hmm. And in that awareness, there's just some things that I need to let go of. And one in particular was like doing a coaching program for photographers. I had spent a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of resources, a lot of information creating that. I had to have a moment where I looked at myself in the mirror and I don't even want this. (laughs) This is not something that I've ever wanted for myself. It was a means to an end. But if, if I'm, if I'm being vulnerable with myself, this is not how I believe that God wants me to teach others. Now, will I say that I will not teach again or execute what I have to share in some sort of form or medium. No, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, This particular coaching program and my expectations and what I had dreamed for it and the sales goals I had hoped for and the list goes on, that it just wasn't for me anymore. And that's just an example, but you are allowed to change. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, the other side of that, Tamara, is... What happens when you see someone else executing the idea that you had?
1: Is that rhetorical?
0: <laughs> if you want it to be. <laughs> but um, like, what happens then?
1: Like, how honestly, like, are it, you emotionally ready to handle? No, I, I mean, no. I mean, yeah, no, you're just, it hurts actually. it It's almost like you're grieving what could have been if I had just stuck stuck with it so then
0: now you are second guessing yep your decision (laughs) Mm -hmm. even though you were like this isn't for me Mm -hmm. so in the letting go you have to also become comfortable with your idea going to someone else and if you've ever read big magic by elizabeth gilbert yes essentially are if you've never read it essentially the idea is that you know, God puts ideas in all of us, Mm -hmm. but the ideas have to get executed, whether or not we are the ones Mm -hmm. to execute them. If you don't execute it, somebody else is going to execute. The energy is going to pass over to somebody else. It's going to, because it has Mm -hmm. to, because it has to get out into the world. I had Mm -hmm. an idea for a book and this is, this is, this is one of the wild, this is one of the wildest instances of this. I told you earlier that I was a writer. I believe I'm called to write a book one day. I had this idea for this name of this book. Had it in my phone, started writing the book. You know, just knew this was gonna be the name of my first book. I happened to be on Amazon one day. Don't you know, (laughs) God showed me the book, but somebody else wrote it with the same title. And it's not a normal title, but because I was too busy doing other things and not focusing on the thing Mm -hmm. God told me to do, Mm -hmm. the book still had to get out. Now I'm able to still put out the book because you can't copyright, you know, names of books. And, you know, the way that person told it is not going to be the same way Mm -hmm. that I tell the story. Mm -hmm. But that was an instant reminder that, hey, I'm speaking to you. Mm -hmm. Are you going to do what I told you to do? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to continue to do what's comfortable for you in Mm -hmm. this moment? hmm. So sometimes when you know you have an idea that you want to execute, it's so important to be or to recognize what season you're in. If you are in a hustle season and you are focused on one other thing, it's hard to be focused on something else. Like you have mm-hmm. to break these things up. I <laughs> like even though I can do things more than one thing at a time, when it comes to my art, I have trouble. And I'm still working on this because I'm like you, I have a whole note, a notebook of just things I want to do. <laughs> and like, I mean, and I'm always like, God, give me a vision. Give me an idea. <laughs> give me a sign, mm-hmm. you know, and he does it all the time. But then I become overwhelmed with all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And um. That's why, like like you were saying like, earlier, like every season can't be a hustle season. Like you, n- you need to know what season you're in because this might be the season for me to really sit down and write my book. Mm-hmm. Next season might be the time for me to open a Chick-fil-A franchise. And then, the, you know what I mean? Like you don't have mm-hmm. to be stuck in one thing forever. Yeah. And that's okay. And then comes back to your last question of, okay, Mecca, you you did the photography thing. You opened your Chick-fil-A franchise. You wrote the book. Are you ready to move on to something else? Are you ready to not necessarily let your dreams defer or die, but are you, are you ready to let this go and focus on something else? Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with that because yes, you are going to see, especially because we have social media access now, you are going to see other people doing that thing. hmm like to be completely transparent, when I first left the wedding industry, I could not look at anything wedding related. I had to unfollow, block, mute all wedding things.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I I I was resentful. Like I couldn't I couldn't see it every day because I just gave something up. Yeah, and it was extremely painful for me in my healing and moving on to be exposed to it because I knew that I would probably just try to get back into it. Meanwhile, I know God is calling me to something Mm -hmm. else. He has something Mm -hmm. else for me on this other side. Mm -hmm. The same thing, like even when I'm going through now, because I've been here before. Yeah. I spent the last few years really focusing on personal branding, but there's something else outside of this. It doesn't mean quit photography. It means use more of your
1: gifts. Mm -hmm. It's just a quick pivot. It's a pivot. It's a transition hmm. If you don't yeah. mind me asking, what what is it or you're not prepared to share? Yet? I
0: don't all the way know yet. I have I have some ideas and that I'm still putting together. So, no, I'm not all the way prepared to share yet, but I want to use my gifts of leadership. Mm hmm. I want to use my visionary gifts. Like I want to create things in a way that doesn't require me to have to come home and sit at a computer every single night. Yeah. And when I step into doing the other things, I still haven't decided like, okay, this is it. Like, and I'll know, and I'll get there the same way I've done with everything
1: else. Yeah.
0: You know, just that, that middle ground, that transition, that transition. It's, It's tough to think about because, you know, you're going to lose things and people.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting because I, I feel like I'm in a transition as well. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with sharing this, but I love product. Mm. I loved product photography. Mm -hmm. It has brought me amazing opportunities. It has allowed me to change the trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. My life has seen a complete 180 from the time I started this business to now. But I feel called to still do photography, but not necessarily dedicate all my time to product anymore. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. And it's terrifying. Yeah. I love that for you. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, I realized I want to shoot more people. I want to do campaigns. Mm-hmm. I want to do mm-hmm. full yeah. scale campaigns. Yeah
0: one of the things I can share that I want to do is I want to creative direct more. Like I see things well, and mm-hmm. then I'm very gifted at administration. Yeah. And so I can put together things. And if I could just make that up again.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Make it up. Th- and yeah, like, <laughs> I think people don't realize like I, again I can relate to this when I yeah. started product photography or just the business yeah there was no roadmap there no. was none it was mm-hmm. literally going off of <laughs> vibes
0: yeah. and instincts
1: yeah the entire time
0: yeah like, okay you know? this is working let me do more of
1: this let me do more of this yeah. oh let me tweak this oh mm-hmm. let me let me build out a process yeah. right yeah um it literally was that. And so I feel confident enough in in that skill of saying, I want to do this and we're just going to build it brick by brick how we mm-hmm. how we did it the first time mm-hmm. and say, yeah, I, I want to do, mm-hmm. do campaigns. I want to do campaigns. I want to do more video.
0: Mm, that's good. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah like that and nobody's
0: stopping you but you
1: no one stopped exactly period end of story not
0: one person is saying tamara you should not do campaigns you should not do like who do you think (laughs) you are
1: right you know and it's so interesting because i was sharing this on ig stories yesterday tamara you have built something from the ground up Mm -hmm. that that is evidence but we We just tell ourselves, no, it it's not hot. Whatever, whatever shit that you know what I say say to to myself. You know what I say to myself. (laughs) I always say to myself, nobody would buy that. Yes, nobody
0: nobody would want that. And then when I say that to myself, that's how I know that that's coming from the wrong place. Yeah, that's how I know I should actually do it. Yep. because when I feel like that. That's probably something that I should actually lean into.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. It's it's strange. It's new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I could go to school and become a creative. I mean, I could co- go to school and become a creative director. You don't, you need, don't, it. You don't you, need it. You don't know how to do it <laughs> until you actually just go and do it. Right. Right. Action um, breeds clarity. So literally no one's like... <laughs> hey, Mecca, you shouldn't do that. Like, no, like, Mecca, mm-hmm. you shouldn't write a book. Like, yeah, no one's going to read. No, I should actually write a book because I could really help other people solve their problems if I actually write this book. Yeah. You know, that's something I want to work on going into next year, not being my biggest obstacle.
1: Oh, yes. It reminds me of the book "The Obstacle Is the Way." I think Ryan writes, Holiday. Yes, Ryan Holiday. It reminds. I didn't read me that yet, but, but I
0: I know it's it's in. Girl, I got a Kindle, and so <laughs> the Kindle has changed my life. Um, but it's in my that's in my samples right now. So yeah, I'm, I plan on reading that one day.
1: It's but it's so interesting the lies that we tell ourselves to get out of. Mm -hmm. Doing the work. Yeah. Doing the work, (laughs) like doing the work and Mm -hmm. also like living to our highest potential. Mm -hmm. Like it's so easy for the lizard brain to say, this doesn't make me feel safe. The uncertainty of this idea doesn't make me feel safe. And so therefore you should not do it. Not because it's going to put you in harm's way, but literally because there is a level of uncertainty of executing the idea, you know, and like it is a daily practice of having to go against that like every day. But that's why
0: it's so important. Cause it's so easy for us to see other people's light. Like it's mm-hmm. nothing for you, mm-hmm. for you to tell mm-hmm. me like, oh, I want to shoot more people. Like I want to, mm-hmm. I want to do other things. And I'm like, yeah, you should absolutely do video. Like mm-hmm. I would love to watch your video. But if I say the things out loud that I really want to do, I'm like, <laughs> people recognize your light before you recognize mm-hmm. your own.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: why it's so important to have a daily practice. Mm-hmm. That is reminding you of your power.
1: What's your daily practice look like?
0: So for me, I get up, I meditate, I pray, I read, I stretch, whether that is actually doing yoga at home, going to a yoga class or mm-hmm. doing some sort of free flow stretch. Um, I do Pilates every day and I walk every day. Like I have to have the sunshine yes. on my face every mm-hmm. single day. Mm hmm that's like and it doesn't have to be in a routine where like I'm doing this thing then doing that thing but those are the things that I know fill up my cup like if I can my husband can even he'll be like did you pray today you know he can always like other people around me can always tell when I haven't prayed I can Mm -hmm. always tell when I haven't journaled because it just feels like I have all this stuff sitting on my chest Mm -hmm. and I usually just go and journal and then I'll pray Mm -hmm. and then I'll sit and meditate on it. I have to do things every single day that fill up my cup. And like one of the things that I'm you know, just being completely vulnerable. One of the things that I'm still working on every single day is my confidence. And so in doing a lot of like my inner child healing, Mm -hmm. I'm discovering different things like, okay, when I was six, seven, eight, however old, what's something that would have given me confidence? Like if I really did it. And Mm -hmm. one of those things was being able to ride a a horse. I used to love, you know, going horseback riding. And um, I recently went again for my birthday But that's something that I want to do more often. Like, actually, I want to actually learn how to saddle, ride, take care of a horse because I love horses. And eight year old me is so happy whenever Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, around horses. So just doing those things that really bring joy and remind me to be confident in my gifts. Yeah. You know, helps me facilitate Different types of creat- creativity that bleed
1: over in other aspects of my life. Having a joy practice. you know. Having a joy practice. You know, for me, it was relearning how to ride a bike. Mm. Yeah, I learned how to ride a bike when I was five. Mm-hmm. It was right before my mom passed away. And after she passed away, I remember getting on a bike and fell off of it. And I never got back mm-hmm. on a bike ever mm-hmm. again. I mean, there's just so... So many layer things to mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Um,
0: and you told so, yourself then like, this is too hard. Whenever yep. I get this feeling, this means that I should abandon ship and quit.
1: Yep. And so this year I made a promise to myself to learn how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it unlocked another level of joy that I just have not mm-hmm. experienced in mm-hmm. a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So The way that you feel about horseback riding, that's how I feel about riding, Mm -hmm. riding a bike. You know, Mm -hmm. this sounds so cheesy, but I feel like it opens up so many doors for Mm -hmm. me. You know, if if I can figure out how to ride a bike, I can do anything Mm -hmm. at my big age, you know, and there's just so much joy Mm -hmm. that I have, even if it's just riding 10, 15 minutes.
0: But you I know. think what's happening in our day and age is you want to ride a bike and you desire to learn how to ride a bike. And then you get online and you see somebody else riding a bike so easily. And you're like, I could never ride that
1: bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And for me, like my story is different. Like I got, a, I was probably, I taught myself how to ride a bike I and mean, I had some help, but for the most part, my cousins were out riding their bikes and I wanted to ride my bike too, without the training wheels. And so <laughs> I fell a couple of times, but I got back up. I didn't let falling,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, mm-hmm. stop me from learning how to ride a bike. Now there are other things in my life where I'm like, oh no, this is scary. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. But yeah, like I think sometimes we tend to look at people's experiences with the things that we want and, and count ourselves out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Like, you know, I could tell you all my hopes and dreams and you're like, oh yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. But like me, I'm like, no, I could, I couldn't really, couldn't really do that. But you can, you just haven't fallen off Mm -hmm. and gotten back up enough times. Like I think the people who really are successful to me are people who fail a lot and still keep getting back on and trying
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and trying and trying until one day they are riding down the trail in the forest and having that joy that we talk about.
1: Yeah. What do you think is the sauce that makes the Mecca Gamble brand? Well, Mecca Gamble McConnell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, brand so recognizable and powerful. I
0: don't want this to sound cliche, but it's truly the God in me. <laughs> truly is. I prayed for something to love. God gave me photography. And I told God that while we do this, I would completely honor him with my life and you asking that question like that reminds me of why I never gave up because I I had I have a mission you know and I hope that when people see me and see my work that they also see the glory of God in it too
1: Mm -hmm.
0: one of my prayers is God use me it's like, none of this is about me. It, and I think it became about me. And that's why that's like when it gets, when the, those waters mm-hmm. get choppy, like mm-hmm. when I make it too much about me,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: doesn't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when I honor the call over my life and I honor the mission and like, that's, let's be clear. I could still honor the mission over my life. It doesn't necessarily have to be photography. Like photography is just how I get it out. Right. But when I, when I'm obedient to What God calls me to and tells me to do, I could literally sell plastic Ziploc bags if I wanted to. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I think people see a calmness and light in me Mm -hmm. that isn't me at all. Yeah. People I've I've learned over the years that people really trust me with their story and with sharing different things about their journey with me. And I, and I honor that. And I always want to be a source of inspiration to other people who are just getting started. Because as we've said many times, I didn't have this when I first started. I, I yeah. took one step after the other and put a whole bunch of puzzle pieces together with no instructions. Mm-hmm. And it's my hope that while I show up in this space, that people see a light and feel that they are safe to head in the direction that, that I, that I walked. And I'm not saying necessarily that you have to follow everything that I I've done, but I hope to, it is my intention to leave a trail behind.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: That that is, that is the intention that is my intention to leave something behind for other people to feel like they have a path to walk down.
1: I think that is an amazing way to end this very insightful, vulnerable, honest conversation. When I started this podcast, this was; these were the conversations that I wanted to have. So thank you so much.
0: I appreciate you for thinking of me and having me and, and giving me the space to fully be myself. Oh my God, duh. There, girl come on good like I, I, feel, the light. I feel I feel, feel liberated the light. <laughs> I feel like because you've given me the space to be free I feel liberated and knowing that I can stand in my truth and still forge on
1: yes I feel like if you can't be true to yourself as my grandmother said I remember she said this one day you know if you can't be true to yourself then you'll never be free you'll never be free Audrey
0: be free (laughs) because I think what everybody, and I know we're trying to wrap up, but I think ultimately what everyone is searching for is some level of freedom.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and
0: money's not going to give you freedom. Mm -mm. Your truth will Mm -mm. walking, walking and living in your truth. That'll give Mm -mm. you the freedom that you're searching for. Mm
1: -hmm. Miss McConnell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> please tell people how they can keep in contact with you and and find you online or or your website i know it's under construction mm-hmm. right now but please share all the details
0: i will always be mecca gamble on all mediums so m-e-c-c-a-g-a-m-b-l-e
1: mecca thank you so much thank
0: you I appreciate this was amazing you. this was great I can go about my day with a smile on my face Yes, me too. I feel like too. I've contributed.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you, Tamara. Thank you. This this was exactly why I started the podcast. For i this, love to hear that. For this very, very reason. Good for you. I'm so proud of it for you. This wraps up another edition of the Zoom In Podcast, a podcast that highlights the stories and experiences of Black women photographers. First, thank you for listening. And if you like what you've heard, please share with your crew. And second, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next episode.